Good morning, folks. Question. Hang on. How how many songs, poems, movies, books, stories have been written about love? Anyone watch the a, a, a chick flick? Yep. Love stories. Cry at the end, you know. But if none of them have consulted 1 Corinthians 13, then I reckon they've missed out a bit. Bring it up, thanks, Hank. I sp- if I speak in the tongues of men or angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if, if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonour others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Folks, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Uh, Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part, in part, disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only reflection as in a mirror. But then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part and I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. I performed a wedding yesterday down in Phillips Gardens. This guy, he's just a customer of mine at IGA, comes in twice, two or three times a week to buy cigarettes. And um, someone told him (laughs) I was a preacher. He says, I've got this girl from the Philippines. And he said, no, I don't think it's right that we should live together. Will you join us in marriage? I said, yeah, no worries, Shane. All good. I quoted that, that, not the whole of that chapter, but the love part. I said to him, I said, when I perform a wedding, I said, because I'm a minister and um, I only perform Christian weddings. He goes, oh. He said, what does that entail? I said, three elements. First, we acknowledge God's presence. Second, we read from the scriptures. Third, 
we pray at the end. I said, and all the stuff in the middle, it's all straight out of the Bible. I said, we'll, we'll print you off a program, see what you think. They bought it back a couple of weeks later. Beautiful, love it, no need to alter anything. Just lovely. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul describes various spiritual gifts and ways we can demonstrate godly living in the world. Folks, this is our spiritual act of worship. We tied in Romans that we must apply a spiritual act to our worship. Paul touches on the gift of tongues, prophecy with understanding and faith that could move mountains. Is Kerry's cancer a mountain? Not anymore. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Was, that's right. So, yet somehow Paul moves from all of these things just to one thing, love. Now in 1 Corinthians 3, in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, he says, and now these three remain. I just have a real problem with this silly arm. That might be a bit better. And now these three remain, faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. Right. We must not skip over this verse without a thought of the application and the power that this verse has. And why are three things, why are these three things the... Stand up. Right. (laughs) Why are these three things the three things that last forever? The greatest power in our lives is contained in this verse. Folks, the greatest power in our lives. Talk about the power of sin or the power of evil or the power of witchcraft or the power of whatever, whatever, whatever. This is the greatest power. Love is the greatest absolutely power in the universe. Who is love? God. Exactly. We'll get to that. So, we just have the task today of unfolding the purpose behind this verse in order to be able to connect to it. We need to connect today to this verse. Are you into connecting? It's a new word for me, a bit. Connecting, or what's the other phrase? To see the way forward. It's not something I learned at school, but I saw it one day in Facebook. I thought, that's pretty cool. We need to see the way forward. And we do. Okay, everything material fades, right? Even our giftings will fade. Because when we get to heaven, do we need to prophesy? No, no. 
We need to teach. No, the scriptures will be fully revealed to us. So these things will fade. Everything fades except for faith, hope and love. Good. These three will be the substance, actually, the substance that will carry us from the box, well, from death, physical death, to heaven. These are the three things that will carry us. And being carried to heaven is our goal, right, and our prize. You know, you have a goal, right? My goal one day is to get a caravan and drive around the block. Okay? The big block. You know, Cairns, Broome. Yeah. That's my goal. I'll do it. I'll do it one day. Don't know when, but I'll, I'll get there. Just, I want there to be like Kerry and us for an extra 10 years. <laughs> anyway, so we have goals. And as Christians, our goal, folks, is to have heaven secured. That is getting your name in the book. And the other part of our goal is, doesn't matter what your gifting is, but to help other people get their name in the book as well. That's, you know, that's what we're about. That's what we're about. So, and then the prize is all that is contained in heaven. We work here on the planet, but now, but later we will begin our eternity, which is our real life. We're only here for what? Three score and ten and a bit more. Good on you, Ron. <laughs> and anyone else is over 70. But this is not our real life. Can you imagine living? Adam lived for 930 something years. No, thank you, Can you imagine living for that long? It's hard, isn't it? Could you imagine? That's nearly a thousand years. Imagine. Oh, happy birthday, Dennis. He's a thousand. <laughs> but that is nothing because we will live for eternity. And you can't even put a number on it. But could you imagine living a million years or six billion or 27 billion trillion gazillion? You, can, you just you can't imagine that. But we will live in heaven forever. And this is our real life. Our life here is just the beginning. So, the giftings, etc., are the elements that make up our Christianity and also the main ingredient that the outworking of our Christianity is built on. And as we pass from this world, these things will also pass away, but what remains is faith, hope and love. <clears throat> okay, question. Can we use the giftings that God has given us to enable his kingdom while we are still here on the planet? 
I believe it's more than just using our gifts, but also using the talents and the abilities that we have sourced and learned along the way. Okay. I don't know what all you people have done through life. I know Dennis is a painter and Ron was a truckie for a fair while and worked with a lawnmower place and Anton was a motor mechanic and and I don't know idea what the ladies have been. Pat was a nurse. Any other nurses? Uh, Sue's a nurse. And we can use all of these things that we have learned along with our gifts and our talents to reach people for Christ. Paul breaks down the list of giftings in this love chapter. We see that love is the key to every aspect of life. Whatever we do, as in ministering God's word or just life in general, we must show an attitude of love. Otherwise, whatever we do counts for nothing. It counts for nothing. I want to talk about faith. I'm going to talk about faith, hope and love and then we'll be finished. I want to talk about faith. The purpose of faith is not to influence our own comfort. The purpose of faith is to lead us to know the heart of God and then trust his ways to guide us. We need to use faith to remind us of our place on the vine. Yeah, our place on the vine. We are the branches and we can do nothing apart from the vine. Check out that verse. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do zip, nothing. Without God, folks, nothing's happening. Seriously. This is an interesting and challenging scripture. We all want to be God pleasers. Yes, we want to please God. That's our desire. And the only way we can please God is to have faith. Without being connected to Christ, we cannot do anything. We must have Christ in our lives. We must remain connected to the vine. Hebrews 1.11 is a great definition of faith. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. What does that mean? Has anyone seen God? Did you see the Holy Spirit this morning? We didn't, did we? We can't see God with our physical or our natural eyes. We feel the presence, but we can't see him with our eyes. That's believing in someone that you can't see is faith. How many people, when they were children, had faith in Santa Claus? You couldn't see him all year, but then at the end of the year he'd come out in a red suit, you know. 
But as a child, you believed that if you were going to be good, you'd get some presents. It's, still, it's not faith in God, but it's still exercising faith. Oh, do you know the three rules about Santa Claus? First off, you believe him. Secondly, um, the second thing is then you realise the truth about Santa Claus and the third is that you become him. That's right. First you believe, you believe in Santa. Kids believe in Santa. And then as you get a bit older, you realise the truth. And then as you get a bit older and you have your own children, you become him. Anyway, we're not here to preach Santa. But I reckon Christmas is a great time and it's a good time to swap gifts and to share the love, get into it. Um, so we can't see any part of the Godhead, but we believe by faith that God exists. When we show faith to God, we begin to see God in action. And that is when we begin to experience God. Experiencing God is seeing God in action in our everyday lives. If we just see God on Sunday, folks, we are missing out. Imagine if you saw your spouse two hours a week. What an awesome relationship you would have. Not. <laughs> G'day, Helen. How you going, love? <laughs> See you next Sunday. <laughs> G'day, Jesus. Had great worship today. See you next Sunday. No. Okay. Experiencing God is seeing God in action in everyday lives. Answers to all sorts of prayers, miracles, revelations of the word, etc. We touched on this before, but I believe that Hebrews 11.6 gives us the life application of faith. And it says here, without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Do you like a reward? For me, the word reward is the key word. I like rewards. I like getting rewarded. We all do. This verse talks about believing, rewarding and seeking. So by pleasing God, we see that, we, that there are rewards, but to please God first, we must have faith. We must have faith. It can be tough sometimes to believe in someone that you can't see. People reject God because they choose not to exercise faith. This usually comes about because of worldly attitudes that reject God or people reject God because of strong hurts in their life. I was hurt, so I don't believe in God. I hear it at work among the staff. 
Why should I believe in God? I was hurt. God did not save me. He did not come to me. So why should I believe in him? We must exercise faith in God so that we can overcome the world. In other words, overcome those kinds of attitudes and beliefs. We've all been hurt. Every person gets hurt. It's how we deal with it. It's how we deal with it. I pastor a church of hurting people, and probably most pastors do. It's how we cope with that. It's how we deal with that. It's how we teach about that. And how we connect hurting people to God. Because when we get to heaven, there'll be no more hurting there. The hurting only happens here on the planet because of sin. When we get to heaven and we live, been alive for about a thousand million, billion, trillion, gazillion years, we will still not even receive one hurtful thing in our lives. That's better than hell. That's better than hell. So, for those of us who do put our faith in God, we will not only please him, but we shall receive his reward. At the end of the day, faith remains. Let's talk about hope. Hope is defined by Google, everyone's heard of Google? As a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. I hope I can have an ice cream this afternoon. You know? You can come home and have ice cream at my place if you want. I'll give you some yogurt on top of that as well and some fruit too. I've got some rum and raisin in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Hope is also can also be defined as a feeling of trust. So faith is the belief that there is something better to seek, while hope is actually the expectation or the certainty that that thing is there. Hope is the fuel that keeps faith alive in our quest to find love. The way that faith which is the seeking of God, connects with hope, is the expectation of finding him, that is Jesus, through wisdom. To find Jesus through wisdom. Proverbs 24.14 says, Now know also that wisdom is like honey for you. If you find it, there is a future hope for you, and your hope will be not cut off. What is honey like? Very sweet. Wisdom is sweet, people. Wisdom. You start making wise decisions. Sweet. Satisfying in here. Because James says, am I jumping ahead of myself? James says, if you want wisdom, ask God. Okay, so God gives you the wisdom. But it's still up to us to apply that. So we still make dumb decisions because we're not using the wisdom that God has given us. Okay. Um, when we get wise, James says, ask. 
So we must give wisdom application to our lives by making wise decisions. And a wise decision, folks, is a decision that will please God. How do we know if we're pleasing God? Get to understand, understand the book and you'll know what pleases God and you'll know what displeases God. It's as easy as that. Basic rule of thumb, live the Ten Commandments. But there's more, there's more, there's even more. Jesus is our model of constancy, constantly. Jesus is our model of constantly seeking wisdom. Sometimes in our spiritual development, we hit a place of complacency where we're good with what we have. Maybe you've been there. You think, well, well, I'm good, I'm right, I've arrived, you know. But it is a great thing to be grateful for what we have and what we've been given. But there is more for your life when you continually seek wisdom. It's like honey. At each level, we should be graduating, moving and growing constantly, adding to what we understand. This is what keeps hope alive. As we seek more, we learn more and we store up confidence in who we, who we are as people attached to the vine. In Luke 2.52 we get a subtle yet powerful picture of Jesus' character that reveals the foundation of his influence and confidence. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. See what wisdom does? It helps you to grow. Wisdom helps you to grow. And godly wisdom helps you to grow as a Christian. The Christian life is a process, folks, of evolvement. We learn, we grow. We grow, we learn. And this process continues. We use wisdom. We make decisions. We progress through life. We have hope in all that Christ offers mankind. Hope and faith go together. And we exercise faith and see God in action in our lives. And as a result, our hope in Christ is increased. Okay. Time's getting on. Let's talk about love. Paul makes it very clear in 1 Corinthians 3.13 that the greatest of all spiritual gifts is love. Love is the result of our working together of our faith and our hope. Folks, love is the goal. How liberating is it to understand the goal or the purpose? You know, our Aussie cricketers did all right. And it's nice to, well, at least watch the grand final. I'm not a huge footy fan. But the goal in footy is to get the cup, isn't it, at the end of the season? That's the goal. But to get there, you've got to win matches. got to work at it 
Love is the goal. How liberating is it to understand the goal or the purpose? If you understand the goal, you can use what you have to get there. The purpose of love is evident in 1 John 4, 7 and 8. In fact, in that this is the clearest picture of God that we have. Let's read. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is a very clear picture of God and what God is about. It states, we read it already, so the purpose of love is twofold. First, it is a revelation of identity. It tells us who God is and who we are in God. Identification. Secondly, it is the power, sorry, secondly, it is the very power that allows us to do the work of Jesus and even greater works as Jesus described in John 14:12. And he says, "Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing, and they will do even greater than these because I'm going to the Father." Why did Jesus go to the Father? Well, I could preach on that. That's another sermon. But I'll tell you what, Jesus has gone to the Father so that the Holy Spirit can be released and we as believers can be empowered. I might preach that one day. If faith, hope and love are the things that last forever, these are the things that we should pursue with our lives. Some people may feel concerned at the thought of knowing what the end goal is, but there is no point to life if there's nothing left to discover. But faith and hope and love will always remain both here and in heaven. Having faith, hope and love is something that we must increase as life goes on. If you have ever been in a broken place, you know the power of someone else showing you kindness or believing in you. When you are shown love, it ignites a new belief in what you could be. This in turn brings hope. And Hank, you can blank the screen off. Thanks. The result of that cycle, folks... The cycle of faith, hope and love is ignited and reignited over and over again. Not just to our fellow man, but also to God. Be encouraged as you leave church today and remember that when everything is finished, when everything is done, when the rapture has happened and when the new Jerusalem has come down and when there is a new heaven and a new earth and when you enter into your eternal rest, remember that faith, hope and love will remain. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we give you thanks today. We give you thanks for this beautiful love chapter and the very end, faith, hope and love, that these things will remain and that love is the greatest. We pray and ask, Lord, that as we go this week, you will be with us in might and power, Lord, that we would not be complacent Christians coming along and meeting with you two hours a week, but, Lord, that we would meet with you moment by moment, 24-7. You would impact our lives, Lord. Shape us for the mission. Prepare us for the ministry, Lord, as we seek diligently, Lord, to have you fill our hearts and our lives and that we can go out, Lord, and help somebody else get their name in the Lamb's Book of Life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.